Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. In this episode of my Dating with Pleasure series, I share about the joy of aligning with the right time to date. Should you date after a divorce? When is your heart ready? What if you're sick of the apps and want to take a break? I answer all these questions and more. So listen in now. Welcome to another episode of The Pleasure Path. And I'm so delighted for this next set of episodes, which are all about finding the pleasure in dating. Whether you've been mindlessly scrolling on the apps, whether you've been meeting people in real life or for video dates and just haven't felt that much of a spark, whether you're just getting out of a divorce and haven't dated in ages, maybe you've never even used an app before, this episode is for you. So if you think about the apps, they're just a technology. They're just an algorithm that helps us find what we want when we know how to use them right. So imagine going onto the apps and feeling excited and connected with and valued and cherished and inspired. Imagine meeting someone online that draws you out and asks you deep questions and then follows through with wanting to get to know you more, checking in regularly by sending messages or suggesting a video chat. And if the video chat goes well, asking you out in real life, meeting up in person for the first time and finding, wow, this person is just like I imagined they would be. They're congruent with their profile and I'm having a good time. Now the app process can look like that, but most people don't have that experience. Most people feel that they either meet people that are lying or meet people who are different than who they say they are, or they meet people who just say, hi, hey, beautiful, but don't have any substantive conversation. Or they swipe on people who they find really attractive, but then it never really goes anywhere or it just turns into a sexting or friends with benefits situation. Now, I don't want any of that for you unless, of course, that's your jam and filling your bucket right now. But most of us have started to confuse the apps with entertainment instead of intentionally dating. Of course, we can use the apps for entertainment, but we're going to get very different results if we're using it that way. Consider that everything that you put attention on when you're using the apps, how long you look at someone's profile, who you swipe yes on, who you message, how long you're messaging that person and staying in connection on the apps, all of that is information that the apps are using to try to serve you better. But let's peel back the onion because serving you better is relative, right? Most app companies, their goal is to have as many users as possible. That's how they build their revenue and meet their shareholders' interests. Having a lot of users on the apps could be a good thing because you have a lot of opportunities to meet new people. However, if the app is not designed specifically to get you into a relationship, then you're going to find yourself just on the app continuously and you'll actually be fed from the algorithm people who may not actually be a good long-term fit. I don't think this is malicious per se. I think it's just how the algorithm works when we're, when we're dating mindlessly. So we want to date not just mindfully, but with our heart and our body at the same time. 
I want to tell you about one of my clients and I'll just say, K. I'll just use her first initial who, when she first started working with me had been on the apps before off and on, but it gotten kind of burnout. She felt like she either connected with people who were really spiritual and she really liked that, but weren't grounded or practical or pursuing her in the way that she wanted. Or she was connecting with people that just didn't have that emotional intelligence and that empathy that she was longing for. She wanted to be treated like a queen. And hey, I get it. Like, I think every person dating should be treated like they're sovereign and absolutely worthy and deserving of love. And you would think, well, everyone I connect with should have the same values as me, but they obviously don't. You know, every human has different values, different karma, different things they're trying to learn in this lifetime and things they want to achieve or experience. And so dating based on values and dating intentionally is just so important. And I want you to keep that in mind as, as you're using the apps. So after I was working with Kay, I first started getting her prepared to use the apps. I don't think it's a good idea to just open your phone, download a new app, throw up something or ask your friends to write your profile and then go for it. Because you maybe haven't done that deeper work to present yourself on the apps in a way that's congruent, authentic, and I'll say favorable. You know, we don't always see ourselves in our best light because we have our inner critic and we can be really hard on ourselves. But what I love to do is help someone like Kay to work with the energies within her, to embody her feminine essence, to find pleasure in herself and find pleasure in dating, to really get clear on what her boundaries are and what her needs are, and to be able to release the past. If we don't do any sort of releasing and honoring of what we've experienced before in a past relationship or in our experiences on the apps, we're more likely to just create more of the same. You know, we're just going to be dating from that same mentality and that won't work. So again, you can use the apps to create something amazing. In fact, Kay did about four, I'd have to do the exact math, maybe four months, four and a half months after we started working together, she met some extraordinary, met someone extraordinary. Now she had had, I think four or five dates before she met this person with other people. It wasn't the very first person she met on the apps, but considering her history of being on and off the apps and her history of short-term relationships, she actually met this person very, very quickly because she became embodied with her desires, her longings, her boundaries, her feminine energy, and releasing the past like we talked about. Plus getting just very crystal clear on which app was the right app for her and how to use it in the best way. I also wrote her profile for her so that she could be seen as, as who she is. You know, I feel like that's one of the gifts that I have is being able to see people's souls or, or essences or gifts or unique personalities and, and presenting that in a way. And it's not about physical looks. You might be thinking, well, do I have to look a certain way? What about my pictures? It's about your radiance. It's about your energy. It's about your vibe and your values. And it's not about, you know, how tall you are or how old you are. I've worked with women who are 73 who use the apps to find an amazing partner. And I've worked with women who are in their twenties. You know, I've worked with women who are size two and size 22. Like none of those external criteria that we've been taught is important really matter. What comes first is doing that inner work. So Kay had dated a few different people. And what was really important is she stayed connected to her standards. She stayed discerning. She didn't settle. There's this Goldilocks phase when you're dating where you'll get something that's almost right, but not quite. And then something else that feels like it's good in a different way. And 
our temptation is to say, well, that's all I can get. Or I guess I should just be grateful for this. Or instead of settling, we shut down. We say, well, I'm still not getting exactly what I want. So screw this. We have to just navigate this Goldilocks phase and see it for what it is, which is a process of refinement. The apps are refining based on what you're putting into the, you know, attention criteria. They're refining the algorithm and you're refining. Every time you talk to someone or meet with someone, you get a chance to think, oh, I like this about them, or I'd like more of this. And so it's not just about a numbers game. It's about really recognizing in each interaction and each video or in-person date, what you're learning about yourself and what you're learning about what you want. And then coming into the dating process with a learning mindset and a discovery, you know, orientation versus yes or no, is this or not my partner? Because most of the time you can't tell that right away. Yes, you might have an intuition of who you're attracted to or who you feel energy for, but I don't believe that we can tell right away if someone is going to be a lifelong partner. That's just giving our power away to fate. And I am a very intuitive person, but I can tell you that if I had seen my husband's profile, I would not have probably swiped yes. He's attractive. He's very interesting, but there's so much more to a person than their two-dimensional picture and the 500 characters that they've written in their online dating profile. So my point is that if you get through the Goldilocks phase without settling, you will attract someone who is a better fit for you. So like my client Kay, she attracted someone who really got her on a spiritual and emotional level. Someone who had also done a lot of spiritual work on themselves. They could geek out about the meaning of life and talk about theory and philosophy. But the person she met had also done a lot of polarity work about understanding masculine, feminine energy. Now we all have masculine and feminine energy, but if we don't have any, you know, difference in masculine and feminine energy with the person we're dating, then sometimes there's not as much attraction. Attraction is based on difference. It's based on the erotic gap, that gap between what we have and what we want. And if someone is exactly like us, there may be connection, but there might not be chemistry. Now, I don't necessarily believe that we should just date on chemistry, but obviously it's very important. So I was delighted to hear when Kay shared with me about this new person she had met, that they had spiritual and emotional connection, but they also had a lot of chemistry and there was also a lot of safety. This is something we don't talk about. I don't think enough in dating and love, which is how is our nervous system feeling with this person? Maybe your intuition says, oh my gosh, I love this person. And I feel like we're soulmates. But if your nervous system feels like it's a train wreck when you're around that person, then you're probably reenacting an old attachment style wound instead of seeing this so-called chemistry for what it is like, oh, okay. I feel this pull to this person, but it's because they're my catnip. It's because they're the part of part of me that I always tend to fall for. So instead of just going for the chemistry or just going for the catnip, we want to feel that our nervous systems are relatively calm. I have another client who talks about, yeah, when I'm online, I just want to feel calm. I don't care if I feel massive butterflies. I just want to feel safe to be me. I just want some steadiness. And that steadiness, although it might sound a little boring, is a lot healthier for us and for the relationship than just looking for someone that on paper or on the picture, you know, makes us feel like we want to rip their clothes off. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit later in the episode about the importance of actually dating from the upper chakras down instead of just from the physical attraction piece. So 
let me tell you a little bit more about Kay. She is still dating that person that she met. It is the best relationship she says that she's ever had. She feels turned on, cherished, excited, inspired, totally taken care of, safe, and that it's the deepest partnership she's ever had. She feels like she can be more fully expressed and she can create things with her partner that she's never created before. So I'm so proud of her for doing that inner work and changing how she was using the apps. Let me kind of talk about the four main ways that you can enjoy the apps. You can have more pleasure in dating and learn how to enjoy the apps. The first one is to just be intentional simply by picking a word. What is the word that you want to feel when you're on the apps? For a lot of my clients, it's something like joy or ease or pleasure or calm or satisfaction or safety. You know, whatever your word is, what is your nervous system and what is your emotional body want to experience when you're on the apps? This is going to be your North star because the things I'll tell you about in the next few steps obviously are important, but if you're not having an experience that aligns with your word, your North star, then it doesn't really matter. We try to trick ourselves into, well, I don't like how I feel around this person, but wow, they're really cute. Or wow, they have a great resume or wow, they came on really strong and are really charming. We don't want to lose track of how we want to feel in a relationship because feelings are like the currency or the foundation of relationship. Yes, feelings change all the time, but I want you to feel good when you're around the person that you're dating, because if you don't feel good around them, what is the point? You're just going to be punishing yourself. So take a moment and think about what is my word? How do I want to feel when I'm on the apps? And then number two is to create a ritual. So now that we have an intention, we want to create a ritual around that. A ritual that transitions you from whatever you're doing in the moment, cooking dinner or walking the dog or getting off of a Zoom call or checking email into, okay, now I'm in the pleasure zone or the calm zone or the joy zone, whatever word it is you chose. We can't just switch into that zone every time we open the app without having a bit of a ritual. So I encourage you to have a juicy, deep, nourishing ritual, and then also have a little more lighthearted ritual. This is something that I help my clients develop. You know, it's a way that you can quickly get aligned with your intentions and use the apps for good and for pleasure. And then what's a way where if you're feeling undernourished, or if you're feeling like you've got more time, or if you really want to put yummy, delicious energy into it, that you can, you can have this longer ritual. The key components of that ritual would be embodiment, do something to get into your body. Because again, the apps are working mainly off of our mental and emotional kind of, um, getting our thoughts swirling or sometimes even turning our thoughts off and then just trying to get that dopamine hit of showing us so many different faces again and and again, and it gets, you know, addictive. So to break that, we want to be deeply connected to our body. This might look like dancing. It might look like a Yoni egg practice, which is something I'm a huge fan of that. I also work a lot with the women that I work with on. It could look like body massage, look like any number of things to get into your body. The body is just as important as the heart and the mind when it comes to creating relationship and love. Now, the other part of a ritual is to do something with your five senses because the apps can be very, you know, two-dimensional and we want to, again, not only be in our body, but we want to be in our place of enjoyment and pleasure and feeling lit up. You know, when you have a great date, like there's 
candlelight and beautiful scenery or nice music or delicious food, or maybe your type of date is going skydiving. You know, there's the thrill of the feeling of the wind on your cheeks or the nervousness as you're going up in the plane or looking across at someone that you're doing it with and, you know, laughing or sharing a moment. There's so many aspects of a good date that build sensuality. And so part of your ritual as you transition from your day-to-day life into using the apps should have something to do with the five senses. And then you also want to make sure that you connect with the third step of how to enjoy the apps, which is know what your swiping criteria or your deal breakers are. Different people call these different things. I call them the filters, not just the filters for like, you know, how tall you want someone to be or if they want kids or not, but those deep intrinsic values-based filters of what's important to you. And again, this is something that I work with the women I work with to help them identify, well, what are the things that are really important to me in terms of values? What are the things that I have to have in order to feel fulfilled in a relationship? And most of the time, these are deeper than what we've been conditioned to think. So, you know, sometimes a woman will say, well, I need him to make X amount of money, you know, a certain amount of money. And I'm not opposed to that. Obviously, I want everyone to feel financially safe and protected and cared for and and aligned with their partner. But when I dig deeper, what is it about that amount of money? It's usually something along the lines of, I want to be with my equal. I want to be someone who with, with someone who's a true partner. I want to be with someone who's also financially successful or a measure of freedom. Well, I want to be with someone who makes that much money because I want us to be able to travel anytime we want. You know, I don't want to have to feel like I can't go to the nice restaurant that I want to go to because my partner might feel ashamed that he can't, you know, also contribute to the bill or even cover the bill. So the deeper value underneath your desires is normally something you're longing for, longing for equality and true partnership, longing for freedom, longing to feel taken care of. And believe it or not, we can normally get our desires met. We can go out and get a nice meal. We can go out and, you know, take a vacation, but we can't get our longings met without another person. So to have that deeper longing fulfilled, you have to know what those values are beyond just the superficial. So just to recap where we've gone so far, we want to be intentional and pick a word about what we want dating on the apps to feel like. Number two, we want to create a ritual that has embodiment and the five senses. Number three, we want to have our criteria or our filters about what on a deep level is nourishing to us beyond just the superficial so that we can get our deep longings met, which is the whole point of being in partnership, right? And along those lines, when you're thinking about your ritual and transitioning from intention to ritual to your filters or your criteria, it can be helpful to have a few beliefs. So let's say that you have a filter or a criteria that the person is emotionally available and connecting and has good you know, emotional intelligence. But your mind might think, well, I don't know if I can get that with someone who's really successful and I really want them to make a lot of money or I want them to be at a certain place in their career. Usually there's one or two of our longings, our deeper values that we will shut down because we don't believe we can have it all. So we might notice when they're messaging us that they're being sarcastic, but instead of saying, oh, they are not meeting my need for emotional connection and empathy, I'm going to have to let this person go 
we think, well, maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe they didn't mean it that way. I should give them a date or two and figure it out. And we compromise. And I don't think a healthy relationship is about compromise or sacrifice. I think it's about creativity and synergy and connecting on your gifts and creating even more. And if you're always compromising or talking your body out of how it feels in order to follow the agenda of the mind, then you'll probably end up dating a lot of people who just aren't the right fit for you. And I was in that spin cycle for God knows how long years. (laughs) So I know how painful that can be to put energy into someone, get excited about them, even, you know, um, plan a future in some ways or get exclusive or intimate and then realize, Oh yeah, they can't meet some of these deeper needs. This is, this is never going to work. So save yourself time and make sure that you have a few beliefs that support you when you're more likely to shut down one of those key values. So in that example, if you are likely to shut down your desire for emotional connection and talk yourself out of that need, it might be important to have a belief like it's safe for me to feel listened to, or it's okay for me to feel really safe with a partner or I'm totally worthy and deserving of someone with a great heart. These are all just examples of beliefs that you can have written out, or you can just remind yourself as you're moving through the apps. And as you're moving from your ritual to your, you know, your standards or your filters is have those beliefs as anchors to back you up. So you don't go back into your old patterns. Now, the thing that's really important about this is most people think well, if I'm not getting what I want, then maybe what I want is too much. Maybe I should just settle. It's not that big of a deal, you know, like love isn't easy. I, I should just go with this person or, or let this happen. No, the more you settle, the less you get of what you want. And the more that you teach the algorithm of the apps to not, to not give you what you want, to keep giving you more of the, I'll say lackluster. It's not that anyone isn't it's not that everyone isn't wonderful in their own ways, but you have your unique vision of love and you need, you need to meet someone who's uniquely capable of, of fulfilling that vision of love. Now, of course, the pendulum can swing the other way. And sometimes we, instead of saying, oh, I'll just settle for this person, we think, oh, well, nope, not this person, not that person. Nope. They don't have everything that I need. Not good enough. You know, most of us go into one of these extremes. Now, the problem is if we cling on to our filters or our criteria and we don't open it all, then we will be like the world's best kept secret because we won't give ourselves the chance to connect and fall in love. Of course, we want to be discerning about who we open to. But the fourth step of how to enjoy the apps is to stay open. And what I mean by that is stay curious. Instead of thinking that you know everything about a person just because you've read a few lines of their profile, see how they respond when you send them a message. If you're curious about someone, send a message and see what happens. Studies have shown that people who send messages are far more likely to get into a relationship than people who don't. So I know it's vulnerable, but send something simple and see if the person can create a conversational flow with you. And if they can't, then that's really good information to have now. And you've gotten more clarity on why, you know, conversation or emotional intelligence or feeling inspired is important to you. I have a lot of other tools and tips for how to stay open that I share with my clients. But again, back to that metaphor of the chakras, 
this is a good way to think about staying open. So it's not just, well, I should be open, you know, sexually that I I need to just be physically available for people. And it's not even heart space open. Like, oh, I should really open my heart. This person seems really nice. I guess I should give them a chance. It's about being aligned within yourself and open from the top down. (laughs) So, you know, the seventh chakra, our crown chakra is all about purpose and legacy and connection to spirit and, and spiritual beliefs. If you're connecting with someone on the apps, you might want to ask them about what are their devotional practices or how do they take care of themselves? What are their personal development practices or what's their purpose? I know these sound really heavy, but there's, you know, different ways, lighter ways of asking these questions that I share with the women I work with. But my point is you want to have alignment from the top of what you believe in as your purpose and your legacy. Then you want to have your sixth chakra, your third eye. Like, do we see the world in similar ways? Do we want to create similar things together? Is our relationship going to be additive and and synergistic instead of it being destructive and taking away from ourselves? And then down to the throat, you know, can I speak my truth with this person? Do they listen to me well? Can I listen to them well? Is there space for all of our expressions? And then down to the heart, can I be vulnerable with this person? Can they hold space for me? Can they affirm me and affirm my feelings instead of minimizing or gaslighting or ghosting or all of those things. And then working our way down through the rest of the traditional seven chakras, the solar plexus is about identity and power. You know, do I feel disempowered by this person or do I feel supported and empowered? Can we cheer each other on and source power from each other and with each other versus getting into these power struggles and ego games and mind games that can happen so often with dating? And of course, the second chakra is about pleasure and the cycles of life and um, taste and enjoyment. So do I feel sexually attracted to this person? And even if you don't know that right away, a good question to ask is, does my attraction build over time? Do I continue to feel attracted to this person? And then, of course, the first chakra is about can we practically build a life together? You know, could I cohabitate with this person? Would our personality styles and otherwise match? Are are we going to be compatible enough? So when I say stay open as step number four for enjoying the apps, it's make sure that you're open to these different ways of connecting with someone. Maybe you see someone online that's picture doesn't do a lot for you, but you feel super inspired by their purpose in the world or the things that they want to create the vision that they have for humanity. I would say it's worth reaching out to that person and just seeing what sort of connection is there. If you're only open in certain areas of your energy body, you're probably going to attract someone who's also like, how do I want to say this? Um, not as fully integrated, not as fully aligned. I said at the beginning, we want to date our head, our heart, and our body. And that still is true. You want to date someone who's integrated and done enough work on themselves, head, heart, and body. They are not just dating what's good on paper or trying to save each other, like in the heart chakra, or just dating based on sexuality. You want that full, lit up, aligned, delicious, divine union, sacred union that feels like, okay, now I'm slotted in. I'm with my partner. Like now what (laughs) that, that sense of possibility and creating a future together. Now, of course, there's a long road from swiping on someone and sending a few messages to getting engaged or married, but that's something obviously I work with my clients on to get through all of these steps of the process in a way that feels authentic and in a way that feels pleasurable. 
So just to recap, we have been talking about how to enjoy the apps, how to date with pleasure. And the four main steps are to be intentional, pick a word about how you want to feel and follow that. Pay attention to that when you're using the apps. The second one is to create a ritual to help you transition into the apps and make sure that you're in a really embodied, sensual, confident place. Third, you want to have your filters or your criteria. You don't want to settle. Make sure you know like what those main things are and the one that you tend to not listen to and make sure you have a belief or a commitment to yourself to pay attention to that. Fourth, you want to stay open, not just open to, you know, meeting anyone, but open to people who spark to you because it takes time to get to know if there's going to be physical attraction. It takes time to know how they're going to react under stress. It takes time to know if they have the emotional intelligence that you want. Most of what we see on an app is a picture and maybe a little bit of biographical information, but we don't have that interpersonal information. So see what happens when you connect with someone and you'll at least learn about yourself. So I'm really, really excited for my client Kay that I mentioned for lots of my other clients who have met their partner online. About half of my clients meet their person online and half of my clients meet their person in real life. So I think it's important to stay open to both ways. And I will be talking more in other episodes about how to do that. But if there's anything in this episode that spoke to you, please let me know, send an email or drop a comment, write a review. And also if there's anything in this episode that made you think, oh yeah, I haven't even thought about that. Or yeah, I do that. I tend to just date from my head or just date from my heart or just date from my body or, you know, the lower chakras, then reach out to me. I do free complimentary transformational love sessions. And in those sessions, we'll just talk about your experiences, what's been going on that's working, what's not working, and where is it that you want to go? What's that vision of love? If you could wave a magic wand and have the process of dating be easy and smooth and pleasurable and meet your partner within these next few months and you know get engaged or married or whatever your version of commitment is within this next year, like what, you know, what would that feel like for you? Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.